With the news of the current war between Israel and Hamas, it's hard to remember that there are Christians in the Holy Land. But there have been Christians in the region for 2,000 years. In fact, the combined Christian population of Jordan, Iraq, Egypt, Israel, the Palestinian territories, Syria, and Lebanon is almost 11 million. And that includes Roman Catholics, as well as Maronites, Melkites, Chaldeans, Syriacs, Coptic Catholics, Armenian Catholics, Orthodox Christians, Anglicans, and Protestants. Many of these Christians are direct descendants of the very people who heard the good news from Peter and the Apostles on that very first Pentecost. There are Christians in the Middle East who still speak Aramaic. In the last decades, because of the unstable situation in many of these countries, security concerns, persecution and violence, the Christian population in the Middle East has been dwindling. Some of us may think that Christians are better off in North America or Europe, but consider this. What would the Holy Land be if there are no Christians there? The Holy Land is not just Israel. The Holy Land includes Jordan, Israel, the Palestinian territories, Egypt, Lebanon, and Syria. There are biblical sites in all those countries. Christians need to stay in the Holy Land, not just to help preserve our heritage and holy sites, but also to promote interfaith dialogue, to do humanitarian work, advocate for peace, promote pluralism, and contribute to the overall good of society. Most of all, we need Christians in the Holy Land to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to a region that is in so much need. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Salt and Light Hour. Hello and welcome to an all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro, and sitting here with me is Jillian Cantor. So good to be with you again, Jillian. It's always nice to be with you, Deacon Pedro. And can I say, you might not agree, but I think that October is always a good time to be with you because, I don't know, there's so many like fun kid things happening. Like I was waiting for what you were going to say there. I'm like, well, no, what? I was thinking about Halloween, but then I thought All Saints, but then All Saints is not October. So I should say November is a great month to be with you. Um you know when is a good time to be with you all year round? Oh, come on. Thank you very much. Jillian Cantor, you're hired. Um, <laughs> yes. I guess you had a busy week. Um, all Saints, do your kids dress up as saints for any particular well, occasion? Does it make me a terrible Catholic mom to say that, no, we've never done that. I mean, the kids have we their never did. Yeah. dress up day on October 31st. Um, and then... We've never been in a situation in a parish or a club or anything that's had any sort of saint dress up day. And yeah, my, I've never pushed it on the kids to say for Halloween, like, let's dress yeah. up as a saint because there's yeah. always something. There's always a character or an idea that they have that they want to embrace and a costume that <clears throat> while I don't particularly enjoy Halloween, my dad always tried to scare <laughs> the babies out of me when I was younger. And so it's kind of tainted my whole um appreciation yeah, for yeah, Halloween. Yeah. Um, so I don't enjoy the holiday itself, but I do love a crea a crafty project. And so okay. I, when they come to me and ask for a particular costume, and I'm like, yes, let's Okay, that's out. good. A crafty project. That's what that's a good positive thing about Halloween. Um, but I was gonna ask you because one of your children was born on All Saints Day. Yep, that is Mr. Leo John Paul. He Named after home. two saints. <laughs> yeah, he's wow. we try to fit it all in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay i guess so he didn't he, he didn't dress up as a pope no unfortunately <laughs> for... I, he went with for the hulk instead but the you know. hulk yeah he's that's kind of 
<laughs> the saints have superpowers. The Hulk has all a superheroes. Superheroes. That, okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, it's always a challenge, I guess, with with children around the house. Um, I don't have that problem anymore. Um, <laughs> but Jillian, Danny, Danny's going to be here today with us again today. And as you know, Danny's been doing. Uh, a whole segment on what he calls rearing rebels. So it's it's kind of like parenting, but it's not parenting. It's kind of like how to bring up your kids in the midst of the whole kind of cultural, social media, media scene and that. And last month, Danny introduced his co-host mm. and his co-host is his wife, Antonia. Oh, very nice. Oh, they're so cute. They are, yes. So Danny and, and Antonia... Guys. And lovely, not just cute. I shouldn't diminish them. <laughs> wise, wise and lovely. Yes. And uh, so Danny will be here again with Antonia to tell us something about rearing rebels in the domestic church, because it's all about their home. Um, so how do you, how do we bring up our kids to be countercultural? As and and you would appreciate, Jillian. Yeah. How, how do you get your kids to choose the Pope John Paul costume and not the Hulk? There you go. Yeah, Although so the Hulk, it could be worse. The Hulk is 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 not so bad. Um, <laughs> could be worse. So that's in about five minutes. Uh, Rearing Rebels in the Domestic Church with Danny and Antonia Torquia. And then we're going to hear some wisdom from you, Jillian, what you learned from your kids this month. Well, one would hope it's wisdom. We'll see what, come, what, come, what I come up with. Okay, you have about 15 minutes to come up with something. Uh, so Jillian will be here in 15 minutes. She's going to be back. We're going to see if she's going to be back in 15 minutes. I just um, sidestep right out of the door right now. She hasn't been replaced. Uh, what I learned from my kids uh, in 15 minutes with Jillian Cantor. So that'll be, um, yes, uh, at the end of our first half hour. And then I'm sure, Jillian, that you've heard of an organization in Canada. It's called Life Canada. So Life Canada is a, is a, it's a pro-life organization dedicated to education and they have members. So that all the other pro-life education organizations across the country are members of Life Canada. And so they publish resources and provide programming and they have a new resource in the form of a graphic novel, oh, awesome. The Gift. And so this is a new graphic novel that helps teen teenagers see the consequences of their choices um, obviously aimed at adolescents. So we're going to be speaking with Life Canada President Pat Wiedemer in our second half hour. And so that's in about 25 minutes. And then at the end of the show, we're going to reconnect with uh, singer-songwriter PJ Anderson. Um, I don't know how else to describe PJ, but if you don't know your Catholic singer-songwriters, you would recognize his voice, and I'm not going to describe it, but he's got such a very distinct sound. I love his 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 voice um pj anderson and his wife have launched a monthly worship gathering in nashville called summit and he has some new music so that's all good reasons to bring him back on the show so we're going to be reconnecting with pj anderson at the end of the program in about 45 minutes and of course we're going to get to listen to some of his music awesome beautiful i look forward to hearing that i can't think that i would know his voice so once I hear it, maybe I'll be like, oh, I okay. think I think that you will. Yes. So because we're going to start with a song. Um, but before that, if uh, people don't know whether they're going to be able to stick around to listen to the whole show, remember, you can go to our website, slmedia.org. That's where you can podcast the whole program. And you can also listen to all our programs anywhere you get your podcasts. So here's here's the song. <laughs> <laughs> 
just kick us kick off the the program here's pj anderson with his new single you and you alone That was PJ Anderson with his new single, You and You Alone. And we're going to be speaking with PJ Anderson in about 40 minutes. So I hope that you can stick around for that. And now it's time for Rearing Rebels through our domestic church with Danny Torquia and Danny's, I, I, I don't know, I should be calling you your, his trusty co-host dynamic <laughs> duo um sidekick maybe danny is the sidekick right antonia i don't know uh, so partners could... in crime partners in crime partners in crime <laughs> partners in rearing rebels danny and antonia torquia um 
So, so um, welcome you guys back. Um, uh, what do you have for us today? Yeah, I'm still debating why are we partners in crime? Because, I mean, I guess I got to take that into the confessional and figure that one out. <laughs> partners in this adventure. Yes. yes uh, today we true. wanted to talk, you know, last time we talked about what is the domestic church. We talked about the home, foundations, the infrastructure required to to rear those rebels against, uh, you know, the, the enemy. And today we thought we would talk about prayers and and how how we've approached prayer time or prayer times with our kids because there's a very different approach between myself and Antonia. Yes, oh. we're two very different people and we approach prayer very differently and we have different styles. So uh, I think it, it exposes the kids to the beauty of... The right way. <laughs> okay, okay. so so before... So I, yeah, this is great. So before you, you, you expand, let me ask you an initial question then. Did you set out, did you have a conversation beforehand, the two of you, to figure that out? Or did you figuring it, figure it out as you struggle with each other's types of prayer? Well, struggle, I don't know if struggle is the right word. Okay. I think it would be more just as we've, you know, as our relationship has developed and our prayer uh, has developed as a couple, you know, that then lends itself to how it, it developed and is shared with our children. Um, and when children come into the picture, you know, you're teaching them and you're praying with them. And so uh, a lot of times what you are used to with your in the couple changes, right, because you're you're approaching it a little differently. Sometimes it's more of a, of a teaching moment or a learning with them or sharing with them your own past experiences. I think I've been asking, you know, how's your prayer life for 15 years? And then we, and then we finally got it. <laughs> we, we, we finally started to have a conjugal prayer life. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had a family prayer. I think we had a family prayer life with the kids mm-hmm. before we figured out how to pray together as a couple. Very true. And now the family prayer time and the conjugal prayer time seem to be now moving in a, in, at a good pace together. Let me just give you an example. I love, yeah, I love her time where I will be kneeling, I will be in front of a candle and an icon, and I will be reading uh, something that is very organized, very structured, which, for example, these days is the uh, Liturgy of the Hours, whereas Antonia is much more comfortable praying from the heart yeah. in an yeah. impromptu way, which yeah. I, I struggle with. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I think so. I think Danny is definitely more structured. He likes having the prayers in front of him, and I'm happy to ad lib. You know, I close my eyes, I I allow a moment of silence, especially with the kids, giving them time to kind of uh, calm down and realize that we're we're going to start praying and then uh, ad libbing. You know, whatever I'm feeling on my heart, um, or with the needs of the kids or our family or um, the extended family of brothers and sisters throughout the world. Mm-hmm. But also, I'm very comfortable with the rosary. I grew up praying the rosary very often uh, in my home and with my grandparents uh, when we would visit them. And so I bring a lot of the rosary to our prayer time. Whereas I think for Danny, that's, that's more of a struggle yeah, to I, get through the rosary. I, I, I'm, I'm all willing to do a decade. And then when we go to the full rosary, uh, Antonia leads it and I follow and it's a acquired uh, learning for me but I love uh you know very formal prayers from the breviary 
um, and and also um, you know the because my parents brought us to the Eastern Catholic churches, so I love the Lord have mercy, Lord have yeah. mercy, Lord have mercy, yes. and uh, bowing and kneeling. Uh, we, so it's a very uh, but but the kids love that diversity right. and 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 the silence that Antonia mentioned. Uh, we see now that it's more fruitful than ever. Our eldest is fourteen going on 15 and and now when we send them to bed you know we ask them to continue their prayers alone in their own silence of their bed but our our evening prayer time will time will take 15 minutes and then we'll pray before dinner after dinner um in the car uh, before day parts just to thank god we're back together again so i i'm really hammering home uh the, the notion of pray unceasingly and i still it's been 15 years deacon and still we haven't had that an official complaint. Okay, no, that's I was going to ask you that well I was you answered already all my a lot of my questions about the the schedule so you you're trying to play pray as much as possible before meals at bedtime um no complaints do you switch it up or do you like do you like does Antonia take the lead sometimes do you take the lead is that how you do it or are you starting yeah. to uh, yeah, I think there's definitely, I think Danny's very good and, and, and that's the beauty of it is that Danny's very good at making, you know, remembering those moments throughout the day, um, whether it's pulling out the, the, the uh, liturgy of the hours or a prayer from his, from his phone, um, and bringing us back to prayer often. You know, I kind of hit those key moments of the morning, uh, when we're, you know, heading to school, the evening before bed. But Danny's really um, helpful in, in making sure we pray throughout the day, uh, before our meals, after our meals. Um, but I would say there's not there's it's not extensive complaints, but you know they do kind of say, okay, okay, come on, Dad, come on, Dad. Yeah, no, they they, yeah. they know it's happening, so they want it to happen right away, and, and then they 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 like it to be five minutes or fifty. But it, it's five minutes for them is actually fifteen minutes. Yes. Uh, so that that's. But it actually ends up being 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but for them it kind of feels like five minutes, um, and then they move on. But but I notice at church that they're they're really uh, it, it just prepares them for mass better. All mm-hmm. this really prepares for a better reception of the whole you know blessed sacrament, um, and so we're we're very grateful for that. Um, and it shows them the diversity, the beauty of their diversity, and allows them to feel comfortable in however they may choose to pray when it's their time to pray on their own. Yeah, it seems to me that you're trying to make it as normal as possible, normalize prayer, that there's nothing weird about it. And, and my sense is that that's why that your children would would be okay with it, because it's not weird. There's nothing worse than weird parents making you do weird things. Um, so are you getting, are you seeing maybe no complaints? Are you seeing that, especially with the, the older ones, you have a, a, a teenager, two teenagers, um, that yeah. they're also that this is helping them in their own prayer life or that they're maybe they're taking the lead in some of the prayer moments? Yes, definitely. I think, uh, I think of, for example, right now we are praying the rosary in the morning on our commute because we do have a longer commute these days. Yeah. You know, and there's one morning where I was tired and I was kind of like, I can't lead today. And our youngest actually said, okay, mommy, I'll do it. Good for her. I'll lead, I'll lead the prayers so that you can rest. Um, and we've had moments where, you know, our eldest, uh, the four kids had gone away to stay with their cousin. And, uh, you know, we, we did hear comments that, oh, my gosh, Emmanuel, you know, made sure that we prayed with our meal. He made sure that they prayed before din- uh, bed. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, that is a blessing to know, okay, they're going to carry this 
with them even when we are not around, and that is really our home. Yeah, and we, we see by uh, first-hand accounts or witnesses that say that, that they're praying and, and without us, but even if we did not see that, you know, we need to do this because it's our duty. We don't necessarily need to do it because we're going to see the key performance indicator yes, or the of outcome course, immediately. Of course, of course. Uh, well, you know, we may not see them pray. So for a parent that has four, four kids or one kid or, or how many kids that don't react immediately, uh, it doesn't matter. we got to do it. And then one day it will flourish. Yeah, exactly. You plant the seeds and you might not be there for the harvest. Um Thank you so much for sharing this. I hope that this is uh, encouraging for a lot of the parents out there. And uh, I'm curious to 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 know maybe a couple years from now, you can let us know whether this is this countercultural practice is is seeping into some of your kids' friends um, through your children. That that would be uh, right. Way, yeah, that that's the key. Well, well, you can be sure we'll pray for your ministry and your listeners, and uh, and add that to our prayers. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for joining us today, even though you're on the road there, going places on the road. Um, um, Danny and Antonia Torquia are the parents of four children. Danny is the managing director of Torquia Communications. You can follow him on Twitter at Dan Torquia, and you can learn more at dialogueandgrace.com. I'm Lorraine Hess, and you're listening to The Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro. If you missed any part of this program or to listen to any interview again, just go to slmedia.org slash podcast. All our shows are archived there. And now it's time for What I Learned from My Kids with Jillian Cantor. Jillian, you've I'm had... Still here. You're still here. Did you figure out what you want to talk about? Because... No, I already... I knew, but it is a difficult topic to get into, so I didn't want to share too much... Um, in the intro so okay difficult topic let's go yes um october has been well actually i'll start by saying this um uh, we were late handing in leo's homework assignment and leo is in kindergarten so as you may imagine kindergarten homework is not that difficult but in the note that i wrote to the teacher i simply explained it by saying october has overwhelmed us um we are sad to share that David's mom, my mother-in-law, our beloved nanny to our kids, passed away earlier this month. Um, and so obviously, of course, there are many beautiful and profound and sorrowful lessons that we've all been learning from this experience. Um, but right now, they're too fresh and raw and personal to share. So I just want to, you know, be forthcoming and honest, like this is where our family is at this moment. And it, it really, it hurts <laughs> the sorrow and the heartache that we're, we're living now and, and trying to bring all of our kids and through their ages and stages through this time of grief um, is really challenging and it's new to us, um, but it's also an important stage. And I know like we all, we've all experienced this the loss of a loved one, um, but we live through it through our faith um and and hope and trust in in the lord and where he's taking her and where he's taking us through this experience so so we know lessons will abound from this um but not today <laughs> it's too new so yes. not today um so while that is our life right now the lesson that i want to reference comes from somewhere else um and that is our elementary school principal who doesn't know i'll be talking about him today but <laughs> uh, he's new to this school this year and we've kind of 
joked a little bit with the kids about it, not making fun. I will just make that <laughs> very clear, not making fun. But um, a lot of his emails come with a very similar theme. Um, and that is his catchphrase that we've kind of <laughs> attached to him. It's manage your expectations. So, for example, um, there was a musical that the kids have been trying out for. Uh, and so he sent an email to the parents to say, you know, we've had an overwhelming number of kids try out for this musical. Um, obviously, only some of them will get parts. So please have a conversation with your child that they would manage their expectations. Yeah. Uh, and then the same with cross country. We had so many kids come out for cross country. We can't take everyone. Please have a conversation with your child to manage their expectation. Yeah. So we just kind of laughed about that. Just manage your expectations. Oh, it's an email from St. Mary's. What's it about? manage your expectations <laughs> and we know the context of this of course it's important to have those conversations because kids can get their hopes up I mean we all can get our hopes up you know the dream of you know snagging that lead role or being the fastest kid in the school and so you know when those things don't happen or when you don't get the part or you don't get to, to mm -hmm. participate it can be heartbreaking so he does want to kind of minimize that disappointment um and and for the kids to be able to you know, manage those expectations. Yes. But I was thinking about that, that kind of the catchphrase came up, came to mind in prayer one day, because it's contrary really to the life that we're being asked to live as Christians, as faithful people. We should live a life of great expectations. That's what our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ promised to us. And the very fact that he died and rose again so that we can live an eternal life. Like that, that is the greatest expectation that we should be welcomed into heaven for all eternity, that we should live among the saints and angels and the loved ones who have passed before us. That is a great and glorious expectation. That cannot be managed. How could I possibly diminish that or minimize that? Like, there's no way I don't want to. Like, I can't wait for that great and gloriful moment. When uh, glorious, those words I'm looking for, <laughs> that great and glorious moment when I might be face to face with the Lord. That is the biggest and greatest expectation of them all. How can I manage that? But also I must, I must manage that. I must manage the life I live now here on earth. I must manage my days so that one day I can live in that glorious expectation. So what does that mean? It just means like, you know, living that life worthy of Christ, follow his commands, seek his will, live a life of prayer, tell others about Jesus. Those are the things that I must manage here on earth. And when I really think about it, it's following the example of my beautiful mother-in-law, living the life that she lived so that one day <laughs> I might see her again, that I might live in that beautiful, wonderful, glorious, beyond our imaginations, promise of eternal life so in order to live that life of great expectation I, I i must manage something manage my days manage my life so that i can be welcomed there amen and hallelujah that is the thing i desire and strive for the most it's where i want to take my kids it's where i want to be with my husband it's where i want all of my family extended family people who don't know the lord everyone that's that's the goal that's the glorious great expectation um and so i will live a life here on earth, managing my days so that one day I can get there. So, so I adopt that catchphrase from our school principal, manage your expectations, but change it a little, manage your days so you can live in great expectation. And that's what we've offered you here <laughs> for the month of October and November. That's the best I can do. <laughs>
that's the best thing you can do. <laughs> um, a great lesson for November, actually. Um, as we as we remember those who are already enjoying that glory <laughs> and uh, and remember those that are making their way <laughs> to that glory. Thank you, Jillian. I will remember that. I think that was a lesson that I needed to hear too <laughs> about having great expectations. Well, and, uh, I'm grateful always for the opportunity to think about the questions that you ask because when we sit in that grief, we need purpose to it or some sort of formation. Um, and so just ha having that question, like, what is the lesson here? What am I learning from this? Or what's God teaching me allows us to shape the reality and the understanding, the things that we're coming to understand um, into a greater purpose. So these, these lessons aren't lost. So I'm just glad for the question so that I can. Well, I'm glad. So you can keep managing your days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can manage. Yes, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for that lesson. Um, and, uh, Sorry, I know you know this, but sorry to you and David for your loss. Thank you so much. Jillian Cantor, always learning something from her kids and from her principal, apparently. Um, <laughs> she's the wife of David and the mother of Joseph, Henry, Annie, Clara, Jane, and Leo. Coming up in our second half hour, a new pro-life graphic novel aimed at teens, and we reconnect with singer-songwriter PJ Anderson. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour, Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. Life Canada is a national association of educational pro-life groups that are dedicated to promoting and protecting the value of human life. They create resources and offer training and programming for their member groups. Their latest resource is a graphic novel titled The Gift. It hopes to reach North American adolescents and show them the consequences of teen pregnancy from the perspective of two regular teenagers. And to tell us more, I'm now joined by the president of Life Canada, Pat Wiedemer. Pat, welcome to the Sultanite Hour. Thank you so much, Pedro. This is wonderful to be invited. So before we talk about yeah. the, the gift, let's talk a little bit about your organization. Tell me a little bit more about Life Canada. Well, as you introduced, Life Canada is a national organization. We have several member groups that uh, have been uh, supporting us and helping us through the ages. We were founded in year 2000 okay. and as an agency to reach out specifically to the member groups to provide them with the, uh, um, guidance, resources, and the whole purpose being of that, they can be more effective on the ground where they are. Um, why recreate the wheel when we can uh, work together and collaborate with all right. the good and creative genius that we have? Um, this should be for the benefit of all. And that's part of our function to collaborate efforts, to inform and to provide insight and tactical resources and materials that they might need and otherwise not perhaps easily get uh, on their own accounts. Right. That makes perfect sense because so yeah. often these pro-life groups are very small and do not have mm. all the resources. So it makes sense to work together. Um, is it some pro-life groups are dedicated to advocacy or political lobbying, let's say, but your member groups are specifically working on educational. Th that's yes. the focus, education. 
Yes, absolutely. As you've rightly recognized, the branches of the pro-life movement, we have the political side, we have the activist side, the educational side, and even into that, you also have the pastoral side, where your pregnancies, care centers, and so forth fall into, where they're they're working specifically with the women. Our groups um, and Life Canada, I fondly describe us as we sell smoke detectors. (laughs) before the fire breaks out and you need a fireman (laughs) to come to your aid to alleviate the crises, isn't it better that we, you know, all install smoke detectors in our houses and um, uh, we're well aware of any danger signals coming in the way, uh, coming down the pipeline. So that's more what educational bodies do. It's uh, cultural outreach to educate those who are not directly affected by the crises at hand. Mm -hmm. They may or may not be, but in uh, the case, we want to reach them before a crisis breaks out so that people are um, empowered and uh, prepared to speak words of life, to give advice and assistance and know where you can help people uh, who are in the midst of a crisis. And that's Mm -hmm. mainly what the educational bodies are functioning on and working towards. And with the many changes in our country and the rapid changes in our culture, Mm -hmm. this is a never ending task that we have to be on top of these things of how do we respond as a people of life and specifically as Catholics or within our own denominational belief systems. Right. I like that image of the smoke alarm. Um, Mm -hmm. Tell me about the gift, this particular graphic novel. It's a very, I don't think it's unusual, but maybe in the pro-life community, it's unusual to have a resource like this. How did the idea come about? And uh, and tell us a little bit about it. Well, the idea came about because um, there's been so many efforts and so much uh, time spent on trying to reach our youth. It's one of the central topics of how do we reach the next generation. And it seemed when we looked at many of the things that have been do- been people have been doing, mm-hmm. that they weren't having the impact that they want. And uh, we thought we need to bring out something that has never been done before. Mm-hmm. And in a late night session, we came up with, why don't we write a comic book and uh, put it out in a manner that youth are, are going to be receptive to. Mm-hmm. So we created a story. Um, Neil Thompson is the other author of this story. And he is a school teacher at Grace Christian School here in Charlottetown. Um, he has his hand on the pulse of all the kids in his school. So he's got that direct insight. I'm a a mom of five. So I've, I've raised my kids and know what they think and do and what they're like. So together we put our uh, insight together of how, what would happen in a family where you have two really good kids. They're in love. They're absolutely convinced they're going to get married. Everything Mm -hmm. pure and beautiful um, is there. Um, What's off is their timing. They're only in grade 10 and uh, they give themselves to each other in in the hopes that this is going to be the very best thing. And in their youthful innocence, they don't realize there's more to this gift and uh, uh, their arrival of a child is Mm -hmm. now there. So what are they going to do? And sadly, the fact is that if a couple is in such a situation, they will be offered abortion as their first Uh, go-to point that's Mm -hmm. what everyone that's the world at large will say that Mm -hmm. placing a child for adoption seems like a momentous task where would one turn and even keeping the baby being the parent myself is almost unsurmountable to a to a young young couple if they don't have help Mm -hmm. so we wanted to walk through each of these options we chose the pattern of choice Mm -hmm. uh, in the book because that is the slogan word of our day and age 
Well, yes, we do have choice. Okay, well, here, here are the real choices. So the young reader, when looking at this, they'll have to pick um, which one should the couple choose. And of right. course, they're all side by side. So the um, youth leader would, of course, go through all options. And you can compare saying, what happened? What was what was good about one? Why did they choose this over right. that? And right. Uh, so there's uh, consequences to each one. It's not sugarcoated. Uh, mm -hmm. Each decision is very difficult uh, for the young couple. And at the end, we have some reflective questions and a little synopsis there saying why why one choice was not acceptable. And the reason being is that a human life died. Right. And this is why, although abortion is presented as just one of the options that people have today, fact is we are ending the life of a child in the womb. Mm -hmm. And this is deeply deeply affecting on one, I mean, the child actually dies, a life is lost, but it's also deeply affecting the young mother and, of course, the young father in here. They yeah. will never forget the life of this child. They will always have this with them. And um, we need to speak full truth, not just partial truths. We have to speak full truths and certainly not uh, withhold information, which uh, often happens in the secular right. discussions on this. So yeah. we wanted to present in a new and novel way that kids would be challenged and dignified by saying, you know, you you can think about these things and you can come to the conclusions of what is good and what is right uh, by thinking and using your reason and your God-given talents. Exactly. And they can do that by looking at the graphic novel and choosing mm -hmm. the three different yes. endings that will show the different consequences of the behavior of Josh and Casey. So obviously you want to get this into the hands of young people. Um, mm -hmm. What are your hopes for the graphic novel? Are you hoping that we're going to, I mean, is it education? Is it as simple as that? Should it be done in youth groups and schools? What are your hopes? I would love to see it done in, in every single church, yeah. <laughs> every single youth group, even sports groups, you name it, wherever youth are together, because youth talk about all sorts of things all the time, wherever mm -hmm. they are. So we have to meet them where they're at. That's one of the first things that uh, you need to know if you're going to enter into a serious conversation with someone, find out where they're at right now and uh, take it from there, so to say. Um, the goal right now for Life Canada is to do a mass run, a uh, publication run, to provide mm -hmm. 50,000 copies for free delivery and distribution, uh, free distribution, I should say, to member groups, pro-life groups, church communities, parishes, and Christian schools are mm -hmm. would be their first targets. If right. we could get them into the public school system, even better. Right. Um, this can only be done by raising enough money to be able to uh, publish uh, this large of a assortment of uh, comics. Um, the reason why we want to do it through donor benefits and through the support of our members and churches and like-minded groups is that so many of the smaller pro-life groups, as you just mentioned a moment ago, are too tiny right. and cost is prohibitive. So we hope to encourage those groups who uh, are in the position to be able to support financially uh, the publication of a large run of these comics books um, from the institutional sides, our knights, Catholic women, right. parishes. Um, we've written to every bishop. We've written to every Baptist uh, <laughs> uh, organization, head, Pentecostals, you name oh, it. Wonderful. We've, 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 there are over a thousand promo copies out oh in gosh. Canada right now. Okay. Uh, for people to review, I didn't. I want them to see it and feel it and touch it and imbibe it, and say this is something we have not yet had in our um, 
uh, resources for not only for the youth, your main target right there mm-hmm. to get it to the use of hands so they can start making, uh, you know, decisions for life, but also for our parents and youth leaders, pastors, priests, so forth, who are don't have a resource like this in their reservoir of how to talk to these uh, mm-hmm. to their youth about these kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. So we've made it open enough that anyone could look at this any of my materials that's something i'm very adamant on in life canada it must be coffee table ready so that if it's on your coffee table and your three-year-old child comes in or your 99 year old grandmom comes in whoever it is will look at this and say oh this is appealing what is this yes and um you know honey attracts more than vinegar (laughs) so absolutely um, we want people to take it into their hands and say gosh i want to talk to this uh, to my my teen, my grandkids, yes. my my own kids yes. about this. Okay, so easy enough before Christmas, everybody listening, either individuals, <laughs> that's one way mm-hmm. you can donate, but I love the idea that organizations, your Knights of Columbus Council or CWL or a diocese, they can also mm-hmm. purchase in bulk and send a donation to Life Canada, lifecanada.org and support mm-hmm. this new uh, this new resource, Pat. Thank you so much for sharing it with us today and uh, thank you so much for what you do and for telling us about it today. Thank you so much. It's been a delight to be invited. Thank you. Pat Wiedmer is the president and board chair at Life Canada. You can learn more about their work and purchase the gift or send your donation at their website, lifecanada.org. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the program, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is our featured artist of the week, PJ Anderson, with his new single, Heart Healer. You have known my heart before it was my own. You're not afraid of all I've done. You tell me who I am. If I could see all the ways that you see me one by one my fears would leave until i'm in your arms you draw a line in the sand you tell me who i am jesus jesus your eyes are on
You have always been a heart healer, my constant defender. You have always been a heart healer. From broken to mended, you will always be my heart healer, my constant defender. That was PJ Anderson with his new single, Heart Healer. And singing with PJ on that track is Sarah Kroger. We last spoke with PJ Anderson in March 2019 when he released his last album, Light and Dark. But we had met PJ after World Youth Day Krakow in 2016. For a few years now, PJ has been leading worship once a month for an event in Nashville called Summit. He also has been writing, recording, and releasing singles that will end up as an album titled Heart Healer. And so to tell us more, I am now joined by PJ Anderson from his home in Nashville. PJ, it's good to see you. Welcome back to the program. Yeah, it's great to be back. Thanks for having me. So what have the last couple of years been like for you guys? Uh, I mean, I became a homeschool teacher for... (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, and uh, and it was it was actually really great. It was difficult at times, but it was great. Yeah, it was a great, yeah. And you, most people, yeah. Was it great for you? Was it great for your kids too? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. Think so. I think it was. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, I, I think they learned. They did learn a lot. I didn't think I could be a teacher, but I did it, and I think they did learn a lot. Um, and and then I uh, just was writing a ton and wasn't traveling much, so I just didn't. You know, I was before that I was on the road a ton. Yeah. And it's starting to, it's finally back, back. Um, and so back out playing, playing music with uh, solo stuff and with my band and and putting out new songs as well. feels really great. Do you, do you, did you miss the traveling and the, the touring or did you find that COVID was a good opportunity to kind of reset and maybe re not redefine, well, but sort of rethink yeah. your, your ministry? Definitely both, both and yeah. um, really great. I mean, I definitely, realized I hadn't really been home much on Saturdays in like 10 years, you know? And I mean, obviously I was home on some Saturdays. I wasn't gone and booked all the time, but um, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. There's, there's a, I was gone a lot. And so it was a a good reset. We were lucky that, you know, we were all safe and and healthy, Mm -hmm. but um, it was a good reset, but I also miss, miss traveling and and you can only do those online. uh, worship thing that was like the worst it was, you can only <laughs> no, do so many i could only do a few of those i couldn't yeah. some people no. really excelled at those and i was just no. like i can't i really like count on interacting with yeah people. of course you know enneagram seven and like enfp like extreme extrovert so it was, it was <laughs> tough doing those concerts but it was a good reset but it's also reminded me too like I'm, i love what i get to do and um and i feel like it is a calling um, yeah and then there's those times, there's those darker times where the, you know, the accuser that is, is putting in your head, like, you're not, you're nobody wants to hear from you again. Like, it doesn't matter if you go ever go back out. And then I go back out and it's like, it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's 
God made me to do this. Yeah, of course. I enjoy it and I love it. And um, it's good to be back. Yeah. I just posted something the other day about, or today about um, one of my favorite things to do is sing uh, and lead worship, but also step back from the mic and hear, you know, that's, that's so beautiful. And, And writing songs, I think it's, it's a really cool thing. I mean, I've, I've, I'm friends with some people, some songwriters who have songs and hymnals at, at, in Catholic churches all over. And I think that's a, that's a pretty cool, um, I don't know if legacy is the right word, but just a, a cool yeah. mark to leave on the world, like a song that, that might yes. be for hundreds of years after I'm gone. Um, Absolutely. Pray with. So. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I, I was going to say that, that you're not just creating music that helps you pray, but you're helping others pray, which is, which is, I guess what it's all, it's, it's all about. Um, yeah. And why you would have, uh, you know, like that monthly worship mm. evening summit that you, yes. that you, that you started with your wife, with Rachel. Well, it's funny you say that oh, we didn't actually start it. It was started before we moved to Nashville. Oh, okay. It was called something else. And then okay. um, we were, I was asked to be part of the band and, and then kind of came clear, like, we need you to kind of take this over. And, and so <laughs> we, we started, uh, my wife is like a marketing whiz. So helped with marketing and with, um, right. I mean, small things, nothing big, but just yeah. getting the word out and spreading the word. And then um, I was in charge of music and the band and and we, we kind of rebranded it, changed the name to Summit, started doing this, this night. Uh, it's like a worship night in the round. So the band's mm-hmm. the center and then everyone sits around us or stands around us. Okay. And, and we all sing. So it's like, you're all part of the band. You're, yeah, you're I love together it. Singing and worshiping. And we have some music, um, you know, 30, 40 minutes of, of, of music. When, when we did that in the round thing, it really changed the engagement. Like people, yeah, I can imagine we were that. up on a stage before it was like, this is a concert. We're going to listen. And that's not, wasn't the point. It was, let's do this together. So really changed the engagement and excelled that. And then um, after music, a little talk, and then we have, um, adoration and reconciliation with sometimes with music, with the whole band, sometimes we do it in the same room. Sometimes we go to a church, uh, but oh, it, wonderful. Yeah. COVID and tornadoes kind of knocked it out for a little bit. And we finally, people were asking, it was on my heart too. I missed it. And we brought it back just recently. Okay. So it's monthly. So if anybody's in Nashville once a month, yeah. once a month, it's, it's on a Wednesday. Usually okay. I think it's, we try to do the last Wednesday of the month uh, pretty much because there's Nashville is pretty, uh, pretty amazing catholic population and yes. lots of events going on so we we're like all right theology on tap is on this day so we can't do it yeah then. yeah yeah meeting on this day we can't do it then and young catholic professionals meeting here we can't do it yeah, then. yeah. went for this wednesday last wednesday of the month usually yeah and we okay. have guest musicians come in um, oh, okay each month and guest speakers and so the musicians come join the band and speakers speak okay i'll have to make sure next time i'm in nashville to time it so that it's the last week yeah that'd yes. be fun amazing um, yeah pretty great i'd love to have you so the the songs that you've been that we've been listening to in the program so far, there your hope is that you're going to compile them into an album, um, mm-hmm. but the title track, correct me if I'm wrong. So Heart Healer with that we just heard would be kind of. Did did you get the sense that the whole album, like, why is that? I'm always intrigued as to why a song ends up being a title track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We went back and forth with it, and and one other song, you and you alone. Uh, felt like yeah. a good well because it's it kind of embodies the the songs as well but heart healer was just a i love that phrase for for the lord who yeah one who comes in and, and can heal every wound and every 
disbelief and every doubt and every struggle. Um, and, and it's, you know, I wrote it with, with a good friend, Sarah Kroger and her husband, yeah. Dom Qualia and, and um, yeah. Andrew Laubacher as well, another Catholic musician. And we, we, we base it on that, that, that gospel of Jesus drawing the line in the sand uh, in front of the woman who's about to be stoned. And yeah. And he just comes in and protects her and saves her. And it, I played this, I just played this in um, uh, Portugal at World Youth Day. Uh -huh. and, uh, I'll try to, I'll try to make a long story short, but it was, I mean, you, that's where we met. That's where I met you was at World Youth Day. Yeah. In in Krakow. Yeah. And um, I got slotted to play. I found out two days before that the, the stage I was playing with, they're like, we need you there really early because the Pope's going to be there. Yeah. I was like, uh, I don't really get nervous, but you know, all four of my kids, see <laughs> all these pictures in the background right there, my, all four of my kids getting kissed by the Pope. They've met him, but I haven't. And yeah. so like, all right, I'm a little nervous. And there's literally 800,000 people there. Yes. Yes. Um, and so my mom, my parents were there. My wife was there, my kids and uh, my wife's parents as well. And, and my mom calls over this. She's like, PJ, come here. There's this Franciscan friar. He's an Irish um capuchin like padre pio's um another thing i'm looking at pray hope and don't worry is up in our house like yeah. favorite one of my favorite saints one of his friars is there he's he's from dublin and she's like he's gonna wants to pray for you before you go out and i was like that's that's really what i need right now and i go um i'm like can i bug you for confession because i've been trying to find a priest all day and you'd think at world youth day it'd be easier but i popped into like multiple churches like just couldn't find an english-speaking priest yeah like it's not but bothering me at all like it's that's my job. And he, he said words to me that well, I confessed and he said, um, you know, everything you just confessed, all 12 of the apostles struggled with. And I was like, Phew. and he said, this, this one, God and Jesus is more concerned is, is not concerned with who you were. It's, it's who you are with him. Yeah. That gave me all the peace and all the confidence to walk out there and, and sing and, and, and really just, just pray. Like just pray through it. Another friend had recommended oh, that. To wow. You've been in that slot before. He's like, just go out there and do what you do and pray yeah. through it. And have fun, you know? And so, but that heart healer, that's, that's what I felt at that confession that my heart being healed. By the yeah. Way. yeah. So that, that just felt like a, it's, it's a, I think it's a beautiful name for God. It is a beautiful name for God. Anyway, yeah. PJ, um, it's good to connect with you. Thank you. I'm so glad that there's there's music, and I'm I'm looking forward to when the album comes out in the new year, so we can uh, listen to the whole thing. I like to listen to albums together. You know, it's like it's an album yeah. for a reason. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you for sharing with us uh, what you do, a little bit about what you do today. Yeah, and maybe I'll see you in Nashville on uh, Wednesday, and at Come some on. point. Come on down. All right. Take care, man. God bless. You can learn more about PJ Anderson at his website, pjandersonmusic.com. And if you missed any part of this interview, head on over to our site, slmedia.org slash podcast, because all our programs are archived there. Here now to take us out is PJ Anderson with his new single, Good God.
We're listening to PJ Anderson with his new single, Good God. And that will take us to the end of our program. Remember that you can stream or podcast all our Salt and Light Hour programs at slmedia.org. Just look for podcasts. You can also find the Salt and Light Hour Catholic Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow me on Facebook, X, and Instagram. Just look for Deacon Pedro. You can also email me, pedro at eslomedia.org. Today, let's continue praying for peace in the Holy Land and peace in Ukraine. Let's pray for all teenagers that are struggling with unplanned pregnancies and all teenagers who find it hard to make the right choices. Remember, as always, stay safe, continue praying for each other, and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been the Salt and Light Hour.